Hey, listeners, this is your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. If you're looking for a way to support my podcast, here are three quick things you can do. Number one, visit iTunes and review the show. More reviews help get the word out. Number two, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and support my shows. A dollar a month helps a little, and five bucks a month helps a whole lot more and gets you some neat things in return. Number three, tell a friend about the show by sharing links to your favorite episodes via social media. As always, thanks for listening and supporting my podcasts. And now, on with the show. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. With Rob O'Hara. Sprite Castle. Hello, and welcome to Sprite Castle, the show in which we play, discuss, and review Commodore 64 games. My name is Rob Flack O'Hara, and on this episode of Sprite Castle, we will be discussing Law of the West. Do you know the name of the town that Law of the West takes place in? You will, after listening to this week's episode. But before we get started with this episode's game, let's check the Daily Sun for this week's Paperboy Headlines. Well, hello and welcome to Sprite Castle and welcome to the month of Commodore. August is the month of Commodore and so we are going to be releasing more episodes than usual of Sprite Castle. More episodes than usual might mean two, (laughs) but it might mean 20. How many will there be? I don't know, but there's going to be a lot. So sit back and if you enjoy Sprite Castle, this is going to be a great month for you. Uh, and a lot of work for me. Uh, this is a reminder that uh, Sprite Castle, the uh, hosting of Sprite Castle, has officially moved to my personal website. So SpriteCastle.com is gone. It is no more. It will be owned. It probably already is owned by some uh, spammer who will be sitting on it. If you want to find Sprite Castle, you need to go to my website, uh, which is robohara.com, and you can go right to all my podcasts at podcast.robohara.com. That will get you right to Sprite Castle. Uh, you don't know Flack, Cactus Flax, what else is there? Multiple Sadness. All my podcasts can now be found right there. So, uh, again, the home of the podcast has moved to podcast. If you want to email me, you can still get a hold of me. Just email me at robohara at robohara.com. That's the easiest way uh, to get a hold of me. In Commodore 64 news, the biggest headline this week for me has been uh, the announcement of the Ultimate 64. This is a new product in development by Gideon Zweitzer. Gideon is the guy behind the Ultimate 1541, which a lot of of Commodore enthusiasts own and love. I have two of them. I have an older model and I have the current model, the U2 plus, uh, and the ultimate 64 is going to be a combination of a Commodore 64 motherboard with the ultimate features built into it. So it is a FPGA based motherboard. Uh, it will have an FPGA SID solution, but you can also, there's a, a chip, uh, a spot for a real SPID, uh, SID chip. If you want to put a real SID chip on the uh, board, there are. It's a. It does HDMI out, and and it supports both PAL and NTSC. There 
is a uh, supports real cartridges. It has real tape and serial connections. Uh, it has, uh, I believe, it has a normal video out as well as that HDMI out. It supports the traditional joystick ports. Uh, it's just going to be awesome, and it's going to have, like I said, the ultimate fifteen forty one built in. So you'll be able to just plug a uh, SD, probably a micro SD card, right into this thing. Turn it on with a modern uh, power supply, not a aging Commodore giant brick power supply, uh, and turn this thing on and play games. Uh, and it's an FPGA, so that uh, should be a little bit more authentic than emulation. I'm definitely excited uh, about this. They, there's no official price yet, although the estimated price is around 200 euros, which is not bad. Uh, now, one thing to keep in mind is that you're going to need a donor Commodore 64 to put this thing in. So uh, that's one thing to keep in mind uh, when you're figuring in your price. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about this. It looks very interesting. So I will definitely be keeping a close eye on the development of the Ultimate 64. I've also been playing a lot of Galencia uh, this week. The last couple of weeks, Galencia is a, a new Commodore 64 game, which is uh, basically a, I don't want to call it a ripoff, a port, a tribute, maybe let's say a tribute uh, to uh, the original Galaga. It is probably the best Galaga game I have ever seen on the Commodore 64. It is absolutely fantastic. It was written by Jason Aldred uh, with assistance from Saul Cross and Highway Guy. Uh, it has 50 levels. Uh, there are boss battles. There's uh, music. There's all kinds of cool stuff in there. It is There's a free preview. If you want the full version, it's $4.99. Uh, the only drawback at this moment for U.S. customers such as myself is that it is written in PAL, but there is an NTSC port coming soon. And if you purchase the PAL version, which works fine in WinVice, I've been playing it in WinVice uh, and if you purchase the PAL version, you get updates whenever new versions. I think the, the list one I saw is uh, 1.2. So you get free downloads of all the updates. And when an NTS version is released, you'll also get a free download of that. So you can, uh, I'll put a link to where you can find this in the show notes, but it is for sale over at, uh, I call it itch.io, but itch.io website. Uh, but, uh, Pretty exciting stuff. So uh, we're going to be doing lots of shows this month, so I don't want to uh, drag on the news. But uh, So those are this week's headlines brought to you by my local paper boy who just ran into my fire hydrant. Oh, wow. So let's get started with this week's game. It is Law of the West, which was published for the Commodore 64 in 1985 by Accolade. It is a game for one player that uses joystick controls. On Sprite Castle, we have already covered one other accolade title, which was Fourth and Inches, all the way back on episode seven. On that episode, we talked about how accolade, accolade, accolade was founded in 1984 by Alan Miller and Bob Whitehead, both formerly of Activision. Uh, and they chose the name Accolade because alphabetically it came before Activision, uh, and Activision had picked their name in part because alphabetically it came before Atari. And then later they were both beat by Acclaim, uh, and then they were finally, all of them were beat by Absolute Entertainment. Uh, in 1999, Accolade was acquired by Infograms, uh, who then was acquired slash changed their name to Atari in 2003. 
Law of the West is listed as one of Accolade's launch titles. So this was one of the very first Accolade titles. Uh, according to Moby Games, there are 33 Accolade titles released for the Commodore 64. Some of them include Ace of Aces, Test Drive 1 and 2, Hardball, Fourth and Inches, which again we covered, uh, Killed Until Dead, which is a great game, and PSI 5 Trading Company. Uh, this game was designed by Alan Miller. Alan Miller, if you look at his credits, obviously he was a huge uh, developer and a big name at Activision. He is credited for games such as Robot Tank, Ice Hockey, Checkers, and Tennis. He also programmed Star Master. Uh, for the Atari, he programmed Basketball, Hangman, and Surround. So he definitely is a uh, has his feet uh, firmly set in the retro gaming community. Uh, the graphics for this game were done by Mimi Doggett. Uh, Mimi also did, uh, she's credited for graphics in PSI 5 Training Company and Hardball as well. Both games that are known for their great graphics, as is Law of the West. So let's start talking about Law of the West. any pop culture references i can't find anything that was happening in 1985 uh, that would tie into the western theme of this game uh, but uh, the box and manual are the box is the iconic uh, i guess they call it the record album style that was uh, done by uh, Electronic Arts is most well-known for using it during this time, but uh, several other companies did too, including Accolade. Uh, so the, the cover of the box almost looks like a, a burlap, maybe, or tweed, I guess probably burlap. And then there's a small picture of the game right in the middle, um, which I guess if you blew it up, it would look a lot more pixelated. So they shrunk that way down, uh, and it says Law of the West. Uh, this game is uh, very collectible, as are all the record-style games of that era, uh, which is, they're, they're really cool. I have several, and they're fun to display uh, if you're looking at them from the front. But just like a record album, if you're just looking at the spine, they don't display very well at all because you can barely see what the title is. So they take up a little space if you display them where you're seeing the front cover, but that's the way uh, that I like to do it. On the title screen, we get Law of the West, copyright 1985, Accolade Incorporated, designed by Alan Miller, graphics by Minnie Doggett, and is it Minnie or Mimi? Well, now I have two different things. I don't know. I think it's Mimi. Uh, with music by Ed Bogus, and uh, you also have, I'm looking here, there's a reward poster, and then there's a revolver, so you kind of know what's gonna what this game is going to be about just by the name and by the... Uh, uh, the gun and the reward poster there. Uh, so let's get into the controls of the game. This game is controlled uh, solely by the joystick. And the game features conversations where random characters will come up to you. They're not very random. We'll talk about that. And ask you questions. And you must guide your way through a conversation. And your responses are preset and chosen 
with the joystick. So each time someone asks you a question or says something, uh, you're giving uh, four responses to choose from and you select those with the joystick uh, and then press the button to select what your response will be. If you push your joystick up past the top, then you will see the sheriff withdraw his gun from his holster and begin pointing it into the action uh, scene. So if it's a unarmed person, they may respond and say, put that thing away. Um, but, uh, you will have to use your gun later on in the game when, uh, bad guys draw their gun, you know, as a good sheriff, you probably want to let them draw first, uh, but you don't have to, and you can actually go through the game and just randomly shoot everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not you won't get a lot of karma points for doing that but uh, you can do that uh, but again it's all controlled through the joystick so as the game begins you will see it, it's a very very unique view i can't even think of any other games uh, that have a similar view you uh the view the camera view is from behind the sheriff and so you can see basically from the sheriff's the bottom of his holster to the top of his shoulders, and he takes up a large portion of the left-hand side of the screen. Uh, and people, random people, again, I keep saying random, but they're not particularly random, uh, will walk out into the middle of the street and will address you. And you are the sheriff of Gold Gulch. So if you ever wondered what city this takes place in or what town it is, Gold Gulch. And people will come up and ask you questions. Uh, the first person, I think, the first thing that anyone says to you is, uh, you the sheriff of this stinking town? And then you have to pick one of four responses. Now, the responses that you pick will affect the game. Uh, you can get information from people about crimes that are going to be committed, like people robbing the stagecoach or robbing the bank. Um, you can make people upset that you may need later on in the game. Uh, so it, it really, depending on how you want to play the game, uh, depends on what your, your responses will be to the people that approach you. Now, as, as I mentioned already, I, I keep saying that it's a random list of people, but it is not a random list of people. It is 11 people that will visit you in the same order. So you'll have uh, Miss Rose from the saloon. You'll have the doctor who will come by. There's a little kid named Little Willie. You have Belle. Uh, and then, you know, these, these are, there's a guy that just got a shotgun, a brand new shotgun that wants to show it to you. And so these conversations... Uh, are in the, presented in the same order each time. So it's very much like a choose your own adventure where, uh, you know, each person, like when Miss Rose comes up, she will start a conversation. She'll ask you something. And then you have, um, you know, one of four responses. A good example is little Willie who will say, I have a secret. And then you can say things like, Oh, you can tell me your secret little Willie. Or you could say, you know, secrets are bad little Willie or get off the street. And so depending on how you go through the conversation, each conversation I think lasts three or four volleys uh, where you go back and forth. But a lot of the people, if you play it right, will tell you, like I said, that uh, bad guys are in town and then you'll get a scene where, you have to uh, shoot bad guys coming out of the bank and, and you have a heads up versus if you don't ask the right questions or treat people the right way, then, then you won't find those things out. Um, now some of the gunfights are, I think inevitable. I and mean, some people just want to, uh, have a gunfight with the sheriff. And so I don't think you can make it completely through all 11 scenes, 
without actually pulling your gun. And so you will, a lot of the, the gunfights, they won't, they won't fight you if you pull your gun early. So you have to wait until they say draw and then you pull your gun, push the joystick up and, and then you'll have a little, uh, aiming reticule and, uh, you have to, to shoot the people before they shoot you. Now, if you get shot, uh, the screen will go black and you will have a visit from the doctor. The doctor is one of the characters that you will talk to throughout the game. And the doctor is an alcoholic and can sometimes be a little cranky. So when you deal with the doctor, if you are not nice to the doctor, then he may not save your life later on. <laughs> so you always want to be nice to the doctor. Uh, also, the doctor may be too drunk to save you. So again, you want to uh, uh, try to sober the doctor up uh, when you have your conversations with the doctor. But assuming that the doctor does save your life, then you will continue where you were uh, through the game. So when you get to through the whole day, and you have talked to all 11 people, and then the game is over, and you will get a score. Now, there's two different types of scores. The first is just a regular number score, uh, you know, however many points. But the other thing is you will get a list of, like, little badges that show how well you did. And there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I guess, seven altogether. Uh, first, there is a share of star. And depending on how many of those you get, that tells you how well that you maintained your authority in town. The next one is a little guy behind bars in jail. And that's the number of crooks you captured. Uh, the third one is two people kissing. And it's that measures how well you did romantically in the game. The fourth one is a cross sticking in the ground, and that's the number of bad guys you shot. The fifth one is a wound, like a, a bloody wound on the sheriff, and that however many of those you get are how many times you were shot and survived and or died. <laughs> so I guess you get you achieve one for dying. Uh, the next to last one is a tombstone, and that's the number of innocent people that you killed in the game. And the last one is a money bag, and that shows the number of crimes uh, that were committed in your town. So depending on how you play, these things will, uh, some will be higher and some will be lower. Obviously, if you, if you are nice to the women, you can get the, you know, more of the kisses and get your romantic score up versus if you go through and you shoot all the innocent people, then you'll have a lot of tombstones, uh, but that's not very good for your score. So each of these things, uh, give you a certain amount of points. And according to retrocomputerscene.com, the current world high score of this game is 7,995 points, which is a really high score. I played this several times over the past week and I did not get anywhere near that. Um, so, so um, yeah, it, it's not a difficult game to beat. The problem with the game, and this is reflected in the reviews that it got over the years, is that once you've played it through two or three times, just like a Choose Your Own Adventure book, you suddenly see that you don't have as many choices as you thought you did. It's very easy to figure out um, through multiple gameplays what the right response is for each person. And since nothing is really randomized, it's only you get different options depending on what you said back to the people, then you can eventually just play through the game the exact same way, the same time. Uh, Commodore user in 86 gave it two out of five, which is a really low score. I don't think it deserves anything that low. 
Um, Zap gave it a 78%, and your Commodore gave it 5 out of 10. Those were all uh, from 1986. Again, early reviews uh, were much higher based on the game's graphics and the game's sound, and it's really fun to play through the first few times. Um, but uh, the more you play it, the more that you this uh, illusion that you have uh, that you're affecting the game as much as you think you are uh, kind of goes away. Now, Law of the West, uh, as I said earlier, was a launch title from Accolade, and it was released on the Commodore 64 and the Apple II. It was also released on Moby Games. It says it was released for the NES, but I believe it's only a Famicom release um, because all the versions I found have uh, Japanese text for your responses. So uh, I don't know if anybody, I, I saw some links of people that were working on an English hack, but I don't know if that ROM was ever finished or if that was ever released. Uh, it was also released for the PC-88 and the PC-98. I also found a second Commodore 64 version that was in Spanish. But again, I'm not 100% sure if that is a, a hack that someone did or if there was actually a Spanish release. There was a planned version for the Spectrum. And in early Accolade ads, there's a, uh, there are advertisements for Law of the West being released for the Spectrum. But that version, I don't believe, was ever finished and it was never released. So if you want to play this game today, there are no modern ports. You will need uh, to play it on either a Commodore 64 or an Apple or, or a PC 88 or 98, I assume. Uh, or you can certainly try to play that Nintendo version, but being in all Japanese, if you don't read Japanese, a big part of the outcome of the game is depends on uh, the responses that you choose. So you, you can get through the game, but I don't think it would be uh, very fulfilling to play it if you couldn't read the text. If you want to buy uh, a version of this game for the Commodore 64, then especially if you want it in that original packaging, be ready to pay. There is one copy on eBay right now, which is sitting uh, for $99.99 or best offer. Maybe the best offer would be much less. I don't know. The cassette version is much less. There is a uh, version for $13 for the cassette version. Now, I don't know uh, on, on the on the disc version, which is what I played, it loads in between each of the 11 segments. So for the tape version, I don't know if it's a multi-load, if you had to actually load each of the 11 things on the cassette. I, I just don't know how that works. So if you are familiar with the cassette version, I'd love to hear from you and see uh, what the differences are, but the disc version, if you don't have a fast load cartridge, uh, and, and most of the cracked versions have fast loaders built into them now, this game, but if you don't have a fast load or you're not using a cracked version, then this game uh, can run pretty slow because like I said, it has to load in between each of the 11 scenes uh, and it, it's definitely not, uh, not quick. Uh, so all this talk about this game has me working up an appetite. So let's take a break and talk about this week's snack. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Talking snack. 
Well, you know, I live in Oklahoma and people, when I travel, people always ask me, oh, what's it like? You know, uh, do you, are there people that ride horses? You know, do you have cowboy hats and all this? And I've said on this show, I've definitely said on, you don't know Flack on my other podcast, I've never owned a cowboy hat. I used to say I never owned a pair of cowboy boots, but my mother has reminded me that I did own a pair of cowboy boots when I was three years old. Uh, there's also a picture of me on a horse uh, before the age of five. So that is the only time that I've ridden a horse. It's not unusual to drive around if you get outside the city and see pastures where people have cows or, or animals or things like that. But I kind of think that's any city. So I wasn't, uh, as a kid, you know, I wasn't into the cowboy culture. In fact, I kind of rebelled against it. I didn't want to watch Westerns. I didn't want to do anything that kind of played into that stereotype of being from Oklahoma. Uh, But there was one commercial that I always remembered as a kid. And it was a commercial for a fast food place, uh, an Oklahoma based fast food restaurant called Del Rancho. And Del Rancho is home of the steak sandwich Supreme. So in the commercial, uh, the restaurant almost looks like a saloon. There's a pair of, you know, the saloon doors, the swinging doors, and a, uh, you see a cowboy hat and a kid walks through it. You think it's, you know, maybe an adult or something, but it's a kid. He walks through and he walks up to the front counter and then he just says, steak sandwich Supreme. And, um, if you've never had chicken fried steak, I don't, I, I mean, I thought it, when I was a kid, I thought everybody had had chicken fried steak, but maybe if you're from another part of the country or live in another country, you may not have had chicken fried steak, but it is, um, not, not steak like a T-bone steak. <laughs> I mean, it is beef, but it is, um, this big giant deep fried, uh, cut of meat. So uh, it's very, you know, crispy. It's almost like, almost like the consistency of, um, you know, chicken strips or chicken tenders, something like that, but really big. And so a Del Rancho steak sandwich Supreme, I have to, to paint this picture for you. Uh, if you order it the way it comes, I think it has lettuce, probably tomato and mayonnaise. Usually that's what they put on these things. The bun is large, you know, bigger than a normal hot dog bun, I would say. And then the meat, the steak sandwich, you could also get chicken fried steak, but most people, I mean, the, 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 um, they're most well known for their, uh, chicken fried steak, not, uh, not chicken. Uh, I guess the other one's chicken fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Uh, but the chicken fried steak, the meat hangs off the bun, probably, two inches in every direction. I mean, it is a giant, ridiculously large uh, thing of chicken fried steak that's on a bun, again, with lettuce and tomato and mayonnaise. That's usually how they come. Uh, And so, you know, when I think of uh, all the things like from my childhood, as far as cowboys and things like that, like I never wanted to play cowboy. I never played cowboys and Indians. Um, I just wasn't into that stuff. But when I think about law of the West and that, that kind of uh, thing, that's what really comes to mind. And so, uh, there are still Del Ranchos here today. Some of them are fairly run down and don't have great reputations, but there are some new ones. Uh, they are like a lot of them. The newer ones are like Sonic where they have a drive-in so you can, uh, park out front, pull up to the, the, uh, little drive-in thing and, and order and, and sit there and eat if you want or take it to go. Uh, but, uh, all this playing, 
of Law of the West has me thinking about Del Rancho steak sandwiches. So uh, I think I'm going to go get one of those right now. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to leave you with a recording of some of my personal memories of Law of the West. Law of the West to me was that next generation of games that really set the Commodore 64 apart from other early 8-bit machines. Um, where there were uh, people playing games on, you know, the Apple or early PC games. And there were early games that looked the same on all the platforms. If you look at a game like Load Runner or something like that, Load Runner looks the same on, you know, essentially looks the same on all these early 8-bit machines. But with games like Law of the West, they really use the Commodore 64's um, strong points to their advantage. It has great graphics. It has great color. Uh, it has a lot of animated sprites. It has little details like people walking in the background of the game that are very tiny and they're moving slowly across the screen. And if you pull your gun up, they will run off screen to the near side. I mean, just little details like that, that really make this a standout game. And it's a great, it really shows off. I would say the capabilities of the Commodore 64, the music, the graphics. Uh, it's just a, a great game. If you're trying to show somebody what the Commodore 64 was capable of, uh, in 1985, this title and titles like this were the ones that really elevated the Commodore in the world of game playing above uh, a lot of the competition. So that's really my memory of this game. Uh, I played it a lot. I don't, looking back now, I don't remember it being as easy to beat as it is. Obviously, if you go through all 11 levels, which doesn't take very long, you can beat this game in you know less than 10 minutes. Uh, so at, at, as a kid, I don't remember it being that simple. But I do remember playing it a lot, and I remember... Uh, just feeling, you know, like as the, the choices I made seemed a lot more limitless than, than they really are, but it was really a fun game to play. And, and like I said, a great game to show off to people. It was really would make their jaws drop, uh, you know, whenever people saw it for the first time. graphics i give law of the west five out of five tombstones this is a fantastic looking game uh it's especially for 1985 it's just uh, very well drawn and, and really good graphics for music i give it four out of five tombstones uh the, the music is really good really entertaining sound effects i give it three out of five tombstones i don't think there's as many sound effects as i uh, originally remembered but what's there is perfectly adequate and overall gameplay i give it four out of five tombstones um, the gameplay is very good it's very fun it's easy to pick up and play through and so there are no problems there but i did take one point away for replayability after playing this game three or four times in a row the uh, chinks in the armor will start to show and I don't, I don't know that it has as much replayability as some other classic games for the system.
Thanks again for tuning in to Sprite Castle. If you want to play this week's game, head on over to podcast.robohara.com and click on the show notes for a link to download the game. If you'd like to send me a game request, feedback about this or any other episode of Sprite Castle, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com, contact me on Twitter at Commodork, follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts, or leave me a voicemail on the Flack Podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. Sprite Castle is available from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Sprite Castle's RSS feed, and through throwbacknetwork.net, your home for quality retro podcasts. To hear more podcasts from me, check out You Don't Know Flack, Cactus Flax, Throwback Reviews, and Multiple Sadness. You can find links to all these shows over at podcast.robohara.com. Many of the news articles and game details for Sprite Castle come from websites such as Commodore is Awesome, the Commodore Scene Database, Lemon64, and Moby Games. For links to these and more websites, check out the list of links on the Sprite Castle section of podcast.robohara.com. Thanks again for listening. Now get back to pushing up daisies, and we'll see you here next time on Sprite Castle.